Welcome to Ditch the Classroom. This is your host, Ariana Vernier, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm a teacher turned business coach who is so passionate about helping fellow mamas like you ditch the classroom and pursue your big, hairy, scary dreams. Imagine a life where you could still impact the world, but do so while following your passions and spending more time with your babies. In Ditch the Classroom, we'll explore ways you can do just that. Myself, guest experts, and amazing teachers who have also built a successful business will share tools, tips, and resources to help you ditch the classroom too. Are you ready? Here we go. Y'all are in for such a treat today. I had the honor of chatting with Becky Dozeman. She's a social worker, therapist, turned life coach, and the creator of the Her Best Yes podcast. On today's episode, she's really walking us through how to shift our mindset around failure and really pursue and lean into whatever God is calling you to do. It was an amazing conversation. I'm so excited for you to hear all of the wisdom that Becky shared. And before we jump into today's episode, I just want to ask if you would take a minute to pause right here and go and leave me a review. All you have to do, if you're listening on Apple, you just scroll down on the podcast, click write a review at the bottom, leave five stars, and you can write a little description. These reviews, not only do they just light me up and make me so excited every time I read one, but they really help us get amazing, amazing guests just like Becky on the show. And it helps more women like you who are really struggling to figure out what their next step is. It helps them find this podcast. It shows iTunes or wherever you're listening that this podcast is important and that more women need to hear it. So please, I would be so, so grateful if you would just take a second to pause right now, go leave the review and come back on. All right, let's jump into the episode. Hey, Becky, thank you so much for coming on with us today. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. This is one of the highlights of my day to be able to chat with other women doing really powerful things in the world. So thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Can we just kind of get started before we jump into all of the amazing questions I have for you today? Can you just tell us a little bit about you, about what you do now, and kind of a brief journey of how you got there? Because I know my listeners just love to kind of hear how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Sharing stories and women being able to hear each other's journeys is one of my favorites. So I feel the same way. Yeah. So my career began as a social worker. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. So I spent almost two decades, which seems crazy that it's been that long in the helping profession, started as a caseworker, and then have spent the last majority of my career as a therapist working with kids teens, adult women, and families, and really just trying to bless the world with an understanding of how mental and emotional health really impacts our entire journey. And then like many of us, the 2020 season of life and even the 2021 was definitely an interesting time. And it led to the Lord really putting some things on my heart that were big and scary. And December of 2020, I really felt a strong calling to pivot from the traditional, either virtual or face-to-face therapeutic world and launch into a coaching offering with a group and one-on-one component for Christian women. And so it was taking 
what I learned as a therapist, my own experience and healing journey, and tending to my emotional and mental health care needs and leaning into that. So in January, I launched Her Best Yes, and have been helping women lean into who they've been, you know, who they're created to be and how they can find their best yeses in, in daily life. That's amazing. I love that you, you know, you felt that nudge, you said in December of 2020, is that what you said? Yeah, that's when I made the the big girl decision to do what I call, I call those fear experiments where we feel totally afraid and scared, but we do brave. So I still felt fearful. I still do. I feel that rising up. I call anxiety the rising up because often with anxiety, it's that physiological piece. So yeah, December was like, I made the decision, but I think that God was, I know God was really cultivating that nudging over the year before and preparing me to say, Hey girl, this is what you're going to do. He has a way of giving us those little nudges. And if we don't listen, it'll start as like, like a feather tapping you. And if you just go and ignore it, it's going to become like dropping a piano on you. So it's good to to listen when it's just the feather. Yeah. I say that to people and they say, so why did you do this? What happened? And it really, one of the simple ways that I explain it is I truly, if I wouldn't have listened I think it would have been an act of overt disobedience. It felt so strong. And I think, you know, we were chatting about this before. I think it's really, we want things to be wrapped up in a bow, to be nice and easy and a clear invitation and have total peace. And that's just not part of walking alongside of what God's called us to do in a broken world. Like it doesn't always line up just, no, it never lines up exactly how we want. It's often though what we need. And so I think that's the place. I love how you said the feather nudgings to the point where he's just going to close every door so that you go down the path that he's leading. But man, fear will be a part of it. If I have learned anything, your fear will be there. Fear is not necessarily a sign not to lean into it. It's a sign to pay attention and be aware of what's going on inside of you because that rising up might really be leading you to joyful abundance in a new direction. Yeah, and he's never gonna give you all of the answers because he wants you to have trust in him and have faith that he's gonna lead you to where you need to go. So what are some of your suggestions for really leaning into that calling that leaning into where God is nudging you to go? Yeah, this could be like a whole 10 hour um, process to work through. So I want to give you some of the, my favorite kind of nuggets of wisdom. And this is the piece where I think, you know, what you do in your coach offerings and what I do is that we help women be held accountable and implement the things they want to do, like really like taking the action stuff. And so I think when we kind of are at that, that place where we're trying to figure that out, like, how do I determine, how do I discern what to lean into? I don't think there's ever a perfect way to do that. Everyone's journey is going to be unique. I think that's so important is that as you're leaning into who God's created you to be the comparison gremlins of how she's doing it and how you see her doing it and the way they're doing it and the way they tell you to do it are going to often be distorted distractions and deterrent to hearing the Holy Spirit speaking to you. So I think the first one would be really looking at what are the distractions and the comparisons that are coming at you that might get in the way of you being able to discern. And then I'm really somebody who's big on mindset and the way your thoughts impact you. But then I also, I'm a check the list kind of girl and I'm practical tip. So when I'm working with people, yeah, I want to help you be in the right mindset, but I also want to give you like, do this, right? Like I, I imagine that's kind of how you are too. And how your listeners are, especially a lot of them are teachers. Like they like to know, okay, here's what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what I'm going to, this is not, you know, I kind of call this 
it's called the five pillars of, I believe, godly decision-making. It's just something that I've, I, as I've looked back and I'm sitting in that place of God, what do you want me to do? And I'm of no, I feel that feather nudge, as you said, I'm not sure what that looks like. And so this is when I kind of developed to help my own journey and path. And then as I have taught clients and other women how to use it, it's been really neat to see that it's aligned for them as well. And so I like things that are kind of simple and easy. So this is sort of a, a five, and I don't really want to say necessarily step process because it's really a weaving together. These different things need to kind of all happen at the same time. And despite not being good at math, I do know that what the word congruent means. And so what, when I share these five pillars, really essentially what I believe is, is the the purpose and the journey of it is to see, are these things congruent in alignment with each other? And I, and if they are, I think despite imperfections and despite us, not us getting in the way of how things should be done and just not discerning perfectly, like giving ourselves that grace. I think if these are congruent, it's probably the closest you're going to come to having some idea of direction aside from in heaven. we can just say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? We don't have that luxury, but this is kind of the lifeline to that. So those five things would be prayer. And this isn't just like drive by prayers. This is, I think on your knees, intentional prayer for what you need and want. I believe that, you know, there's so many different words we use for God, but one is Abba, like daddy sit at his feet and say, Hey, this is on my heart. It doesn't mean he's going to give it to you, but this is what I'm, I'm praying for. I need this discernment wisdom. So prayer, huge number one. And then I think going right to the source of truth into the word and saying, okay, God, I, this is, this is a big decision. Lead me to some scripture, lead me to some wisdom. That's actually what happened to me in December of last year. We're not supposed to test God, but I was sort of in this place saying, okay, God, what do you want for me? And he opened up my heart to reading Hebrews 11, which is all about walking out in faith, despite not knowing where you're going. And it was like, you know, that, Hey girl, I'm talking to you peace through scripture. So he, he will, um, he will show up there. So prayer scripture. And then the third one is your heart people. I call your heart people, those people who have earned the right to hear your story who are people that are disciples of the Lord as well, and who really will sit with you and hear and give discernment and share wisdom. And so that shouldn't be 25 people. It should be a shorter list of people to go to. And then the the next one is peaceful assurance, just asking for that. You know, as I say, like when the Holy Spirit is a part of something, you kind of feel it, that tangible piece of it. So kind of that that congruency. So prayer, scripture, your heart, people, peaceful assurance. And then the last one, I'm really big on helping women find what they actually value most in the world. Because if you look at what matters most to you, your values list, what beliefs, what, what you're feeling God calling you to, if those four things are congruent that I mentioned, and the decision falls in line with some of your top values, I believe that is a place in which you can feel as comfortable as possible with making a decision, but that might happen in a day or it might take a year. It's not as though that that process is necessarily something you can microwave. Sometimes the Lord is like, sorry, girl, you're on a low, slow cooker, you know, time frame here. You know, we're not, our world wants us to Instapot, right? Like we want it quick and fast. And I think that's one of the things too, I would say is if you are looking to make a decision and you rush that decision, you are likely going to lack some of the gifts in the patience and the waiting. I love that analogy so much. I don't know why I've never heard that before, but that is amazing. Yeah, we we want the, the quick fix, the, the something that's going to get us to where we want to be tomorrow. And that's just 
that's so rare. God really, the dreams that he places in our heart, they're meant to build and for us to develop over time so that they're long lasting. If your dream just happens tomorrow, you're not going to appreciate it as much as if like, if it, if it slowly cooks in the slow cooker. So I love that. One of the things I talk a lot about with women is I think the Lord puts, you know, big goals on our hearts, like things to that are out there in the future. But like you were saying, that journey to that goal, what that might be, I think that's the gift. I think the journey is really the part. So what I often talk about is what is the progress that you can make along the process of, of reaching for those goals. Like we should have them. The, the Bible talks about that. And I think that's really beautiful to, to have those out there. But like you said, I think we miss out on who we become, how God refines us through the process of getting towards those goals. And so I actually focus, which is interesting. People often think that I focus on treatment plans and goals and stuff. That's that's really not where I, where I like to focus. I like to focus on what are the intentions. And the intentions are the daily, I like to call them thriving rhythms, the rhythms that help us figure out how to ebb and flow through life and to thrive within ourselves and relationships and parenting, mothering, career, whatever that looks like, wife and and friend, daughter, sister, whatever, that as we sort of make intentions, the intentions will guide our choices today and over weeks and months to come. And so I think that if we set those intentions as our sort of guidepost throughout the journey, they will help us towards that goal. But I will tell you, and I think you'll probably resonate with this, is that my goal, big goal in life was to be a helper and help people thrive in all areas of life. And so for a while, that was as a therapist. That's changed, right? The intentions and the daily practices of that goal are different. So I think that goal can can be there, but our, our pathway there, and like for your story, you know, going from teaching and pivoting into a different way of doing it, you know, your goal of educating and teaching and leading, you're still doing that. It's just that your intentions have shifted. And I think sometimes we're so focused and the end result that we miss out on the steps and the stages and the growth that we can have. And that I have found, although very uncomfortable at times, that refinement process can be brutal, that that is really where the abundance happens and prepares us for what we want God to give us today that might be out on the horizons. Amen. Definitely. I think one of the things that holds a lot of my listeners back, and I know it held me back for a while, was just that fear of failure, that fear of not being good enough. So can you speak a little to that about how we can really start to shift our mindset around failure and our fear of failing? Oh, yes. One of my favorites. And it's so, it's so, like you were saying, it permeates everything. And I think it's even more so with sometimes with women and women of faith, because we want to do things well, like we want to excel and we want to achieve. And so when we don't, we get into that that spiraling of those thoughts. So just a few things that I want to mention in regards to the, the you know the narrative of failure is I think that I talk a lot about breaking up with different narratives. And this is one of those, breaking up with the narrative that failure is possible. I really truly believe if we can shift our mindset from 
the potential of failing to one in which either we are thriving and we are slaying it and we're in the flow and we've all felt that you're like, oh, this is a richness of this. This is so I'm in it. Right. And that the alternative to that is not failing. It is I'm learning another way to not do that well. And I think if we can look at that process when we're not totally thriving as having so much learning and finding the gifts in it, reconceptualizing that narrative from failure to learning, I actually almost journal about it every day. It's an everyday mindset shift because the lies of the world are going to keep coming in, the comparison, all of that, right? And so it's an, an opportunity to say, oh, wait. Failure isn't part of my journey. I just learned again. And I will tell you, I'm a professional learn. I'm a professional learning againer. Like I keep <laughs> learning again and learning again. But rewriting the failure story has been huge. And what's woven into that, I believe, is the practice of self-compassion, which I actually don't do a lot on self-esteem and self-confidence with my clients. I really focus on self-compassion, which in a nutshell is talking to yourself, treating yourself the way you would treat your best friend, like giving her grace and generosity and her imperfections, point that towards yourself. And, you know, I think a lot of the women listening, at least I know me and the women I talk to raise their hands and say, yeah, I'll give grace and I'll give generosity and imperfections to my girls, but to myself, like that's, that's so much harder. And I think that's part of this. We need to learn to speak to ourselves differently in order to rewrite that narrative and believing that we're failing. And then I'm going to tag on, you also mentioned the not, not enough, right? Is that what you use the word that women struggle with feeling like they're not enough? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to lean into that one a little bit. I'm going to preface it with, I am not the all knowing of all things. So I really want, I always give women invitation to take what I'm saying and weave through, like kind of weave it into what you believe. And you don't have to trust everything that I say, right? Like, I think sometimes we hear someone like, oh, they're an expert. They know everything. Here's just my thoughts and my journey of not enoughness. I actually don't think I'm enough. I think in my imperfections and on my own, I'm not. That's why I need salvation. That's why I need grace. That's why I need the Lord in my life. So for me, it's been another reconceptualizing that story of, yeah, Beck, you're not enough. Praise the Lord. He has given me talents and abilities and community and learning and all of these things where I can try to put together a life that is honoring to him, but gosh, that's another breakup one for me. I just really, I'm not enough. And that's why I need Jesus. And so I focus more on, I am worthy of X, Y, or Z because I'm a daughter of the King. Like we are daughters of the King girls. Like think about that. The creator of the world loves you wholeheartedly. And that for me is where my worth comes from. And I am okay not being enough because the pursuit of enoughness, I believe, takes us away from dependence on the narrative of what God, the love letter of the Bible and the narrative that um, he has something really big and great for us, but enoughness, I don't think is part of it. So I'm curious, like, does that resonate with you? I, I, I tell some women that and they're like, what? I don't know about that, Beck. No, definitely. I think, you know none of the disciples were quote unquote enough. They all had their issues going on with them and Jesus picked them anyway. So we need to, we need to internalize that for ourselves and say, okay, I don't, I don't know everything. I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but if I can just partner with God and ask him to show me the way, then that's all I need. I don't need all of the answers right up front. And imagine if more women did that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a prophetess or anything, 
But here we are in 2022, right? We survived 2020. We survived 2021, right? And we're in this season where I really truly believe if we can discern God's call in our life, that the Lord is is going to rise up a generation of women who are following him and really pointing people and our children and those that we serve in our careers outside of our home pointing towards the truth. And I, I'm excited for it, but I do think that the dark forces of the world are going to try to rely on, I'm going to convince that girl she's a failure and that she's not enough. And it's too scary to do that. And I'm going to have her live small in what she thinks is comfortable. And I think that's one of the battles that we're in. And um, I'm. it's a prayer on my heart. It's one of my desires for this year is that more women will be able to lean into that fear and choose to act courageously anyways in alignment with what God's put on their hearts. Yes. Amen. So do you have any resources you can share with my listeners to kind of, that you think would be helpful for them if, if they're interested in ditching the classroom, but they're just kind of not really sure where to start? Yes. Oh my goodness. So I'm sure there's lots of books and resources and things that you've already given them. I want to just sort of give them a tangible thing that they can just do without going to Amazon and ordering anything or going to the bookstore. I would ask you to write down what the kind of dream desire is on your heart, whether it's stitching the classroom or something else or, or, or pivoting your career in some way um, is to write down kind of that big, scary, bold desire that maybe you haven't shared even with anyone else, or maybe you haven't said out loud to put that on pen to paper. Don't type it actually. Like there's something that happened, you know, it's your teacher, like pen to paper is different than typing, right? Yeah. So get it down, get it down on paper. And I would encourage you to write a dear me letter. I would encourage you to write a dear me letter. And the reason I do this one is because sometimes it feels a little bit more comfortable to write a, a letter in your second person than first person. So instead of saying, I'm going to say, you're going to like that, like you're talking to someone else, you're talking to your future self. So let's say we're here, what, March, 2022, write a letter to yourself as though it's March, 2023, and you're writing back to tell yourself what you've learned, where you are, how you feel, what you think, the abundance that you're in of, of as though you're living in that place. So let's take it for an ex- example. You have, you know, someone listening and she's really feeling called to pivoting her career from the classroom to something else. She's writing as though she's been living the last 12 months in that place. And so it's an opportunity to kind of put your fears on paper. And there's sort of two questions that I really work on with my clients because a lot of our rising up in anxiety is really just a narrative that has been growing with us and being told to us. We've been believing it from early childhood. We have experiences that impact that. And often if we can shift that, be aware of that narrative and shift it, it will really allow us to be open to more possibility. And so the two questions I encourage, the first one is what if? So what if the worst happens? What if you leave the classroom and what you thought was supposed to happen doesn't manifest? What if? And then answer that, well, I, I don't know what I would do. Okay, well, what if? And just go down that rabbit hole of asking yourself, what if, what if, what if? And what you often find is the what if is not as bad as you've convinced yourself it to be. And the second question is, so what? So what if it doesn't work out? Then you've tried something new. You've had an adventure. You've learned that you're more capable of something and God will pivot again. He won't abandon you there in that place. If he has called you to something, it might look different. So the what if, 
so what question can be really powerful. And I do that with clients sometimes. They're like, wow, it's actually not as bad as my brain was telling me. And I actually do have the resources and I could figure it out. And it's sort of like this opportunity to take a deep breath and say, oh, yeah, I think that this this might be possible. So I love the letter to oneself. And it's really cool to, to read those later. And the so what and what if question it can be an opportunity to really tangibly talk to yourself. And that's another another one where journaling short bursts of your thoughts and asking yourself, is this thought really valid? You might have the thought, I could never leave my career. Well, it might be a true thought you're having. Like the truth is you're having that thought, but is it really valid? Could you never leave your career? You don't actually know that. So a lot of the thoughts, which are the root, I, I won't get into all this. What I teach is how thoughts and emotions and choices are connected, but the thoughts are our roots. And if you can capture what your thoughts are and you can do some journaling around them, you can do some question asking around them. You might uncover that there is a lot more potential you have and the overwhelm and fear has been keeping you from seeing it. I love that. Yeah. I, I'm a big advocate for journaling as well. I think getting, getting, like you said, getting those fears on paper, you can really see, oh, that's not as bad as what I was imagining. So thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And if you're list, if someone's out there, like, I don't like journaling, I get you. I don't actually love it either. So I do short bursts. Like I'm not someone who's going to spend an hour and writing 10 pages. And right. so if someone tells me that I'm like, see ya. So just little short bursts, but over time will have a big impact. No, I'm the same. My punishment when I was a kid was to write sentences. So I kind of, <laughs> it's hard for me to write for a long time now because of just seeing that as a punishment as a kid. So yeah, short bursts. <laughs> Well, and it's interesting that you say that so much of our childhood early experiences do still impact us today. And that's one of those for you. Journaling and writing is associated with a punishment and something. And so for you, you found a beautiful kind of workaround. Okay, I'll do it, but it's going to be different than than the, than the than when I was a kid. That's great. So I want to ask you a question that I love to ask all of the guests on the episode. And I I know my listeners love it too. If someone wanted to start their ditch the classroom journey, but they just felt too overwhelmed, what would you tell them? Ooh, this is a good one because my entire coaching practice is based on abandoning overwhelm. And so I think for this one, again, it's one I could teach a whole course on, but I I would really encourage to look at what is it that you're most afraid of? What is the greatest fear that you have? And kind of flip it on its side and saying, what if those were not present in my journey? What if instead of believing that fear that if I do this, I won't be able to support my family with my income and looking at flipping on its head and say, what will be possible when I can continue to support my family with an income in a way that's fulfilling, it's life-giving, it's in alignment with the Lord. And I think that the flipping on its head allows you to look at it differently. So that would be one. And then the other is, man, overwhelm comes from a place of rising up in which sort of different levels of our mind, but 90, the smart researcher, doctor people that look into all of this, you know, they figured that 90 to 90% of who we are is in our mind and not our physical brain, but the mind that sort of informs our brain. And then the the level of called the non-conscious, it's where all of who we are, things we've learned without even realizing we've learned it is stored there. And so the overwhelm is often from a place in which 
I love to say the term bubbling up, rising up of anxiety, worry that comes in the way of stomach aches, headaches, looping thoughts, you know, all the different ways it manifests, being spicy or irritable. When that happens, and that's all part of that overwhelmed story, it is an invitation to pay attention to what's coming up. We are so conditioned to avoiding suppressing and numbing when our body is saying through the thoughts or physically, Hey girl, pay attention. Something's coming up. And so I think what happens is those things are coming up and the overwhelm is built around us suppressing and pushing it down. And when we do that, This word, I don't like this word, but it actually resonates with it. It festers. And so while that happens, that is feeding into the narrative that it's too overwhelming and I can't do this. So that next one, then I'll, I'll stop after this third one. And I think really looking at what are the things am I doing to nurture myself? Chances are my schedule's too full. I'm wearing too many hats. I'm trying to be everything for too many people. And if you continue to live that way, you will continue to feel overwhelmed, whether it's in the classroom or in a hundred places outside the classroom. And so that is essentially where the, the name of my, my business came from her best. Yes. Is that I think we not, I think, I know we are invited to find our best yeses and they are unique to us and unique to God's story. So the first place to start is how can you create white space and margins in your schedule to even have the bandwidth or the mental capacity to pay attention because you are too scattered, my dear friend, and your your mind is too cluttered. And if I might, can I close my statement with a verse? Would that be okay? Yeah, if I did absolutely. That? I've been praying this whole year. Like, Lord, I really would like a verse to kind of resonate with this coaching calling you've had for me. And this one is from the message. And so granted, I know it's not the traditional, but I feel like the message speaks to um, to me and, and another, you know, sort of on a level that really resonates. So this is from Galatians 6, 4 through 5 from the message. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. And I was like, oh, that's it, God. This is the responsibility to use the creativity you've given to me and how I can find the best way to live it out. And so you girls out there that are sitting in this place of, I don't know what that looks like. I promise you, you come before your father and you ask for that discernment. You go through some of those five pillars. Your creative best is living inside of you. But in order to hear and attune to that, you're probably going to need to turn down some of the external distractions that are getting in the way. Mm, Mic drop. I love that. (laughs) Thank you so much. That was one of my favorite answers so far to that question. So that was amazing. Thank you also for coming on today. It has been such a blessing having you pour into my listeners. Where can they come connect with you, learn more from you and just be your best friend? Yeah, right. My favorite. Absolutely. My favorite is creating community. Yeah, I am on Facebook at Becky Dozeman. Instagram at Her Best Yes. You can check out what I do as a coach at herbestyes.com and also my podcast, her best yes with Becky. You can see there's a theme. 
And yeah, really just would love messages. I also would love to hear what women want to know more about. I think that's something you do too, is like, what do you want to hear more about? And when God has called, you know, both of us as I know to speak in different platforms, we would like to bless people. So I would love, love to hear that. And I offer, um, free and short and long-term offerings, some different investment short stuff that people can message me about. And also I have a freebie journal download that I I believe you'll link in the descriptions. This is one, it's just a half page. You can print it off and it's an opportunity for gratitude journaling. We didn't talk about that, but gratitude journaling, writing down a verse kind of, they're actually brain-based faith-based ways to grow. So that's a freebie people can download as well um, that can really help them to sort of navigate the journey of finding best yeses. Perfect. And yes, all everything that you just mentioned will be linked in the show notes for those listings so you can really easily go and connect. Thank you again so much for coming on. It has been such a pleasure having you today. Thanks so much. And I really appreciate it. And congratulations on your new little one and enjoy baby cuddles. Thank you. All right, y'all make sure to go show Becky some love. Thank her for coming on the show. If you're loving the podcast, make sure to leave a review. This is how we get more amazing guests like Becky on the show. I love you so much and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review, and check out the show notes for a free gift to help you ditch the classroom. If you loved today's episode, can you help me share the message by taking a screenshot, tagging me on Instagram at ariana.vernier, and sharing it with your friends so we can help more mamas ditch the classroom and follow their dreams. Until next week, y'all, keep following the dreams that were placed in your heart so you too can ditch the classroom.